The Vanguard Dynamic Spending Rule is a retirement withdrawal strategy developed, of course, by Vanguard that's designed to give retirees consistency in the amount they can spend from year to year in retirement, while at the same time being sensitive to market conditions and inflation. In this video, we're going to figure out how that rule works and we're going to put it to the test. Hey everybody, my name is Rob Berger. This is the Financial Freedom Show where we talk about investing, retirement, and financial freedom. If those topics are important to you, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel. I also send out a newsletter every Sunday morning. You can subscribe to the newsletter with the link below this video. So before we dive into the Vanguard dynamic uh, spending rule, we need to put it into some context. On the one hand, we have the very popular 4% rule. That's a constant dollar strategy, meaning that you're spending the same after inflation amount throughout retirement. A lot of folks like it because it's it's consistent. You know, you kind of know what's going to happen each year. You don't have to make big adjustments to how much you're spending. But there are some big downsides to the 4% rule. The first one is most retirees don't spend the same amount of money on an after inflation basis year in and year out. And in fact, studies show that as we age, say into our 80s and 90s, if we live that long, we tend to spend less money. That's problem number one. But the second one is we could actually run out of money. Yeah, the 4% rule uh, the name came from an analysis of historical U.S. Uh, market and inflation data and found that that was sort of the worst case scenario. The thought being, if you start with 4% and then adjust for inflation thereafter, you should be safe. But of course, we don't really know what the future holds. So that's another big problem with the 4% rule because it completely ignores what's going on in the market. It simply adjusts for inflation each and every year, even if the stock market is crashing. So that's a problem. On the other side of the spectrum, we have an approach that says, well, look, let's forget inflation. We'll just take a fixed percentage of our portfolio every year, say 5%. And when the market's up, good for us, we can spend a little more money the following year. If the market crashes, oh, well, we've got to cut back. So the good thing is it's pretty hard to run out of money. You're almost always going to have something you can apply the percentage to, even if it turns out to be a smaller and smaller amount. But one of the big problems is consistency. One year you could have a lot to spend, the next year a lot less to spend. And depending on your circumstances, you may not have the luxury of that sort of uh, instability in your spending from year to year. So a lot of the withdrawal strategies we talk about, including today, the, the Vanguard Dynamic Spending Rule, tries to sort of take the, the best of both worlds, take the stability in spending uh, from the 4% rule and the market sensitivity of the fixed percentage rule and kind of combine them together. The question is, do they do a very good job with it? And is it really helpful to us uh, in figuring out how much we can spend each year? And that's what we're going to try to answer today. So let's dive right in. Uh, this is the paper the rule, the, the, um, uh, the rule comes from, March 2017. We're going to come back to this paper in a minute. And again, I will leave links to everything below this video. I will say the one thing that this paper doesn't actually do is walk through an actual example of using the rule, which is unfortunate uh, because there are aspects of it that I think are a little tricky. Uh, that being said, this Vanguard paper does walk through an example, and that's what I've used to, to better understand the rule. And, uh, and that's what we're going to use for today. So we're going to go walk through a hypothetical. And uh, let's see here. We're going to go to the whiteboard and we're going to assume, we'll just assume a $1 million portfolio. Now, we have to pick a percent that we're going to take out of the portfolio in year one. And uh, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to use 5%. We'll talk about this. This is an important number, uh, uh, obviously, but we're going to assume 5%. So in year one, 
we would take out $50,000. You know, so far, that's not too hard to calculate, right? It gets harder though, trust me. That's gonna leave us with what? $950,000 in our portfolio at the start of year one. So that's the first thing we do. Now, the big question is, after the first year, how do we calculate year two? And this is where uh, the Vanguard Dynamic approach uses what we've talked about in the past, guardrails. They actually call it a ceiling and a floor. And so we have to come up with a percentage for each of those. I'm gonna use an, uh, uh, some specific numbers here, but we'll talk about how to maybe calculate that, uh, how to figure out what's best for you in a minute. But for the ceiling, we're gonna use 5%. That's our, our ceiling. And uh, for the floor, we're gonna use 2.5%. Sometimes, by the way, you'll see the floor expressed as a negative number. I'm leaving it positive here, but the, the point is we're gonna subtract that number as you'll see in a minute. So how do we actually use the ceiling and the floor to come up with a range for year two? Well, the first thing we need to do is take this, whatever our spending was the previous year, and adjust it for inflation. So now we need to know, well, what was the inflation rate in the first year of our retirement? So we'll just assume inflation, we'll just make it 5%. And so what's 5% of 50,000, 2,500? So our inflation adjusted number on spending is 52,500. This is actually the number that we would use if we were using a constant dollar sort of Bill Bingen approach. Uh, but that's not what we do here. We calculate that inflation adjusted number because we need to use it to calculate the ceiling and the floor. And it's pretty simple, really. We simply, for the ceiling, take this number and add, in this case, 5%. So we can do that. I'm gonna actually show you, I'll pull up the calculator. So we'll put the 52,500 in. We're going to add 5%, gets us 55,125. So that's our ceiling. That represents the absolute most we can spend in year two. Under any set of circumstances, the market could be up 100%, doesn't matter. That's the most we could spend with the Vanguard Dynamic Spending Rule. And then we can calculate the floor. We do the same thing. We put in the 52,5, and this time we subtract. And our, our floor percentage, if you may recall, is 2.5%. And that gets us to a number that doesn't look right. So I'm going to clear it out and do it again. 52,500 minus 2.5%. This looks better. 51,187.50. So this is our floor. So under any set of circumstances, maybe the market collapsed, maybe inflation is high. It doesn't matter. This represents the lowest amount we'll have to spend in our second year of retirement. And of course, now the big question, and frankly, what I found a little confusing about the first Vanguard paper was how, how do we figure out, all right, we've got a range, but how do we figure out where in that range we're allowed to spend our money? It's obviously not this number because by definition, this number will always be within this range. Well, it turns out that what we do, I'm gonna actually change color here for a minute, is we take our, our 5%, remember I told you this is a very important number uh, in this formula, we take this 5% and we multiply it by whatever our portfolio balance was at the end of the year. So in this case, let's assume that our portfolio balance, it's a good year and it goes up by 10%. So if we go back to our calculator, we put in our, our beginning balance after we'd taken our spending out for the year was 950. We're gonna add 10% and that takes us to a million $45,000. So we'll write that in here, a million, 45,000. And then we just take that number and again, multiply it by our 0 0.05, gets us 52,250. Well, we can see that that number is in between the range 
so we don't have to make any adjustments to it. That's the number we'll have right here for the second year of retirement. Now, obviously, if the market, let's just say it went down, it dropped 10%, we're going to get a very different answer, as you might imagine. So let's just do the numbers real quick, and we'll subtract 10%. That leaves us with 855,000. And then we multiply that by 5%. And that gets us 42,750. Now, as you can see, 42,750 is below our floor. So uh, significantly below our floor. Under the Vanguard dynamic spending uh, rule, you would then for year two spend the floor. And the idea behind this, this is what you would spend, by the way, if you were just following the fixed percentage rule, right? This is what you'd spend up here if you were just following the constant dollar Bill Binken strategy. But again, the idea behind the Vanguard dynamic strategy is number one, it's gonna be sensitive to, to the market because that's what we're doing up here, right? We're, we're, what the market does matters to this rule. But at the same time, they're trying to give us some stability in spending by limiting both our upside and our downside, that's the range we calculated, by some amount. So that's the idea behind the Vanguard dynamic spending rule. And, and to, to a large degree, I think it works. It does uh, uh, what it promises to do. But the question is, one, and I'm going to change colors here, how do we come up with these numbers? These are the three numbers that are critical. The percent we're going we're gonna to multiply against our portfolio every year, the percent we're going to use to calculate the ceiling, and the percent we're going to use to calculate the floor. And this is where I think the Vanguard dynamic uh, spending rule has some challenges because while the paper, and we're gonna go back to it in a second, gives us some ideas on how to set those numbers, and I'll show it to you, it still leaves a lot of unknowns. There's not been a lot of analysis of this stra strategy, particularly against historical data. Vanguard runs simulations, which I think is, is perfectly legitimate, but there's also, I'd like to see a lot of historical analysis on this strategy, which they don't have. We are going to look at some of that in a calculator in just a minute, so we'll do that. But it does leave open a big question, uh, where do we set these numbers? Now, let's talk about ceiling and floor. One of the things that Vanguard says is that setting the ceiling is kind of more important than setting the floor if what our concern is, is not running out of money. And the larger the percentage you can you feel comfortable using for the floor, remember that gets subtracted, we use 2.5%, Vanguard tests it up to 9%. So in that case, you would allow your spending to drop pretty significantly in a really bad uh, year. But the, the more you can tolerate that variability in your spending, the greater the likelihood is you, you won't run out of money using their strategy, even with a starting initial withdrawal rate, say as high as potentially 5%. The ceiling, it, it matters, but at least according to Vanguard, and this makes some sense to me too, the floor is more important. Of course, the idea on the ceiling is you're capping your upside. So when, when the market's up a lot and you could have spent more perhaps, you're capping it in our hypothetical at 5%, that's leaving more money in your portfolio so that you can then handle the bad years that may happen in the future. So that's sort of, in, in theory, the concepts behind the ceiling and the floor. That raises, though, another question. Okay, what about the, the withdrawal rate? What, what do we start with and what, what percent do we multiply against our portfolio every year? I used 5% in our uh, example for a reason. Let me show you. If we go back to, uh, this is the original paper I showed you. 
they have a chart here. Now, this chart I will say is based is is uh, they created it based on running simulations, not just looking at historical data. And they were they were looking at achieving an 85% success rate. So in other words, uh, they wanted to see that at least uh, out of 10,000 scenarios they ran for each, at least 8,500 of them had to be successful, meaning you didn't run out of money. And so the way this works is this is the dollar plus inflation approach. That's just Bill Bingen. And this is the Vanguard approach using the very ceiling and floor that I used. And you can see why I chose the numbers I did. I wanted, wanted them to match. And this is you know, your time period, 10, 20, 30, or 40 year retirement. And here's your asset allocation. Um, we're gonna look at moderate, which would basically be a 50-50. You can see the details are down here. Uh, but for a moderate, say for a 30 year uh, retirement, the, the old 4% 4, 4 rule, now, again, this was based on simulated data and an 85% success rate, but this is what they come, came up with with their initial uh, withdrawal. But using their approach with the 5% ceiling and 2% floor, you could actually start with a 5.1% uh, initial withdrawal. Again, with that 85% uh, success, success rate using their data and their simulation. Now. All of that is fine. To me, it's a pretty convoluted uh, uh, analysis. We can work through it. I'm, I do wonder though, just how many retirees are gonna wanna go through all of these calculations year in and year out uh, to try to arrive at you know, a, a safe withdrawal rate. Having said that, there is a free calculator you can use to sort of uh, experiment with this uh, withdrawal strategy. I wanna show, show that to you now. We've looked at it before, it's called FI Calc. And let me show you what I've set up. I've got a 30 year retirement, a million dollar portfolio. I've set up a 60-40 stock to bond portfolio here. And I've chosen the Vanguard Dynamic Spending uh, Rule. It's actually the last one in their list. You can click this link and it gives you some details about the rule. You can see here, you set the withdrawal rate, you set the floor and you set the ceiling. I've left it for now at two and a half and 5%. The other thing I'll mention you could set a minimum annual withdrawal. You could say, look, I may start at 5% on a million dollar portfolio, but under no circumstances can I ever take out less than 25,000 on an inflation adjusted basis or whatever. So you can set that here. I'm not going to for our analysis. So using all of this, you can see it's got a not quite a 100% success rate, 97.54. If we come down to the years, the red years, it runs out of money the yellowish, brownish, I don't know, goldish years, it almost runs out of money. And then for the rest, it, it does pretty normal. If there were any years where it had a lot of money left over, they'd be blue, but you can see there aren't any. Let's look at a year that it almost ran out of money, 1968. This is how much you have to spend each year and it's on an inflation adjusted basis. And you can see it starts at 50,000. And by the time we get to year 30, we're down to 20, well, we'll call it $24,000. Now. The point, and the reason I picked 1968, the late 60s were basically the worst time in US history to retire. So we are looking at an extreme case, but it's important that, that while in theory, the Vanguard dynamic withdrawal strategy is designed to give you some consistency in spending, it doesn't always work. And you can see that here. Now, again, we could change the floor. So for example, it, remember this one had a, almost a 100% success rate, but not quite. But if we drop, if we increase the floor, let's try 
that gives us a success rate of 100% because again, we're willing to let our spending go down even more each year if there's a bad market uh, that we have to deal with. But if we go back to 1968, we can still see it's still pretty bad. It does pop up a little bit towards the end, but our, our spending is cut by more than half on an inflation adjusted basis. And so to me, I'm not sure in an extreme case that the Vanguard dynamic spending rule lives up to its billing. Yes, it's it's trying to give us more stability with spending, and maybe it does as compared to just a fixed percentage of the portfolio. But for a lot of folks, this is going to be far more um, drawdown uh, than they can handle in terms of spending. Now, of course, we could change the withdrawal rate. We could go to 4.5, for example. And if we go to 1968, it's going to give us some more stability. We started 45,000. Our low watermark is around 20. Again, you can play with the numbers here to figure out what's best for you. The point is, just because it's designed to give us more consistency in spending doesn't mean that it always will. Now, finally, I'd like to just show you one other thing. I've split the screen in two. This is what we were looking at here. And we're gonna go back to 1968. This is using uh, the constant dollar approach, uh, just your standard 4% um, withdrawal. And we're gonna actually change this withdrawal to 4% as well, just to compare the two side by side. You can see uh, big drops in spending. And if we go to constant dollar, uh, you know, it's constant dollar. So there's no drop in spending until you run out of money at the very end in, in this set of data. Uh, but we can also look at the percent of portfolio. And here, we're gonna actually go to 4% to make it consistent. Go back to 1968. What I found interesting was that in many ways, just using a percent of portfolio, while there was still pretty big changes in spending, in some ways, you might argue that it wasn't as bad as the Vanguard dynamic strategy in the sense that, yeah, it went down pretty sharply, but then it recovered pretty sharply. So you had a couple of bad years in here, but then you recovered and actually uh, moved back up to basically where you started. Now, again, I'm looking at an extreme case. Late 60s, as I said, were a bad time to retire, but I think a lot of these withdrawal strategies need to be tested against the extreme cases. I think generally that's true, but I think it's particularly true now, uh, given the, the still relatively high valuations in the stock market and still relatively low interest rates, obviously not as low as they were a year ago. But I think we need to try to prepare for sort of worst case scenarios while, of course, hoping for the best. So for me, the Vanguard dynamic uh, spending rule is probably not the strategy I would choose. However, I do think it can serve an important purpose. Even if you pick a different strategy, it may be worthwhile to test your spending against the Vanguard dynamic uh, spending rule just to see how it's, how it's moving along from year to year because it might help you sort of alert you to potential problems with your spending, either that you're spending too much or maybe you're not spending enough. Maybe you could be comfortably spending a little bit more and having a, a bit higher uh, lifestyle in retirement. So even if you don't end up using the Vanguard dynamic uh, spending rule strategy, I still think it might be useful to test your approach against it from time to time just to see how you're doing. So there you go. That's the Vanguard dynamic spending rule. If you have any questions, uh, leave them in the comments below. I'll do my best to help you out any way I can. And until next time, remember the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.